genre. Welcome to the Giant Silent Bob Minute, where we're covering the movie Chasing Amy, one minute at a time. Today we're covering Minute 89, quite possibly the greatest Chasing Amy Minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. <laughs> and I'm Chris Derkach. And I'm Jerry Porter from the Indiana Jones Minute. Ah, oh, welcome back, Jerry. And you get some people's highlight of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Silent yeah, Bob. Certainly, yeah, certainly, certainly a, a, a critical minute. And uh, also, my favorite by far, uh, you know how we watch, when you do it minute by minute, it'll stop at the end. And this is by far my favorite stop at the end. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it has Kevin Smith. It looks like he has out of focus hands and he has this crazy look on his face. It will definitely be the screen cap for this minute. Yep. Uh, yeah, the minute. The put mi- a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, yeah, the minute starts with uh, Holden whining, of course. <laughs> As usual, every minute starts with that. <laughs> We're, well, I guess we were talking about if the, whether the movie has a happy ending or not. And I'm kind of, I, you said it uh, overall, yes, but um, I don't know. I mean, is is Alyssa happy at the end? Of, like, why does she bail? Yeah, I think um, she's done. Because yeah, she's done. I, I think he. I think she was done two weeks yeah. ago. She was done. Yeah. Does, did she have a character flaw? Well, go ahead, Chris. Tell her what your major flaw you thought she had was. <laughs> she lied the whole time. Yeah, saying she was a lesbian. That was a definite flaw. Yeah, yeah. Well, the difference is, yeah, she also had a she had a minor normal character flaw, not like some sort of deep seated weird thing where she melted down when it happened. Like she's not the first person in history to lie about their sexual past. True. True. Right. Right. But it it did kind of it was interesting. She said she said that she had never been with a man before because she wanted uh, Holden to feel special. Yeah. It, that's like, where kind of... Again, if you're, if you're in your late 20s, that's a, that's a lot around the old mulberry bush to, <laughs> to make, make a guy feel special. Like, you're the first person I've been with. I mean, I mean to lie but, and, and say that. And she says that lesbian sex is sex. So what is she making him feel special? She's already had sex. It's not like she's never had sex before in her mind. Yeah, yeah but he was the first man. I guess. That's it, but it's like it's the whole it's pampering the male ego. Yeah, well, I mean, Kevin Smith wrote this. That's it. I'm gonna take my ball and go home. Yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> Your fragile male ego is broken. <laughs> I wish my door made more noise. I just opened to close my door for no reason. I was going to say, yeah, nobody heard it. It's not like when I opened the door to my room. I know. It sounds like the Muppets. Oh, it's not like uh, the other day the, the other day at work when I uh, I shut the door to the the office I was going into and it knocked a clock off the wall and shattered it. Wow. <laughs> you lied then. You lied. Didn't you come out and say that it was already on the floor when you went in there? No, no. I, all, no, I said I shut the door, which was technically true. Uh, what I failed to mention was that I slammed the door. <laughs> Because I went to shut it behind me, and somebody opened the other door, the door to the lobby. Yeah. And you know how you know air currents and such things work. Somebody opens the other door right when you shut the other one, right. and it pulled it with like three times the amount of force, and it slammed the door. And this clock fell from eight feet off the wall and apparently had a glass face and shattered. <laughs> I was like, that's right. wow. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> I opened and closed this door, and then while you were talking, my wife just peeked their face in the door and went, what are you doing? Why are you opening the door? 
Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she doesn't even want to hear my podcast live, let alone record it. Oh well, I got to hear it every night. Every time I try to come down here, my daughter's like, "What are you going to go to your podcast?" <laughs> and then she asks me how much money I'm making on it. I'm like, yeah, it's, we're swimming in it. <laughs> I've heard that live too with the phone call that time we talked. Oh yeah, I, I got a phone call one time, but I put it on speakerphone. I was getting yelled at on the phone. <laughs> I mean, there's a quality podcasting minutes. So uh, he says chasing Amy. And Jay's not right. He does lay this out there, like Holden's supposed to know what he's talking about. Well, It'd be like if we. Well, if, I guess. Yeah. I, I was going to say, does you know? Do do Jay and Silent Bob have character flaws? Uh, well, Jay's but, character I, flaws, I, I, besides being a drug dealer's. <laughs> well, that is just who he is. I mean, that 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 just might. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, that's kind of. I, I mean, that's just his vocation. I guess. Uh, it, what's interesting is is you know we have this moment where. Silent Bob just kind of, you know, blows the roof off with the knowledge bomb here. And um, what's interesting is right right before he kind of, you know, waxes poetic, he, you know, he kind of looks up at the sky while while Jay is, um, you know, kind of making fun of him or whatever. And it's interesting. It, 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 it you know, it all, he, he mumbles like he's speaking in tongues, you know, right before he comes out with all this knowledge and and basically the 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 one thing that will save holden's relationship and it's just like he's channeling this transcendent cosmos shit <laughs> well i mean i hear silent bob every time he speaks he it must say, be filled with wisdom off- right 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 well it's interesting offhandedly too like while he's biting his nails he's like you're chasing amy like mumbles it completely like like somebody's supposed to know what he's talking about yeah <laughs> yeah well, and it's interesting. Then, they, then he spits out the nail. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, it, it which is really interesting. It makes me wonder. You know, maybe you can look at it deeply. It it, it caused him that much pain that that entire experience. A, you're, he's biting his nails, so he's nervous, nervous just thinking about it. And then he it like took a piece of him. Oh wow! Look at you. he bites off a piece of himself and spits it out it was like he fucked up and that was that you know it's he he he, you know there's a piece of him that's missing he can't get it back i'm speechless i have nothing to say about that the real question (laughs) is 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 this the first time that he has ever heard silent bob speak Uh, you mean uh holden yes because jay you know he speaks in does he speak in mall rats? I know he speaks in chase in uh, clerks. He, he speaks in mall rats. He says, uh, "Do or do not. There is no try." That's right. But that's all he says. So that was, I mean, his knowledge is Yoda at that point. And in yeah. clerks, in clerks, he says the thing about uh, there's a lot of great women in the world. Not all of them bring lasagna at work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was okay. But this <laughs> one's a little longer than we're used to from Bob. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, according to Kevin Smith, it was a little too long because he couldn't even remember his own dialogue. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Hmm. Interesting. Well, why why do you think he decides to share something so personal in this moment? Maybe he relates. He understands what's going on. He wants to pass on some knowledge. Yeah, but you, you wonder how often, through all the other times of the year when he's quiet, does he just not relate? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's just so unrelatable. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get most things until it comes up to something he's actually done. Or may, maybe he truly respects Holden. You know, here in this moment, he sees he sees somebody who's really struggling, 
and he's like, "Look, I got I I got to do something here to alleviate this this pain that this poor fellow is in." And his only choice is to tell a five minute long story, which is always how I uh you know calm all my friends down too. Like, I'm going to tell you a very long, very involved story. <laughs> As a Catholic person, that's the only way I know how to relate parables that I want to tell. Is like, you know what? I'm going to read from the book of Jeff, chapter 2, 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Jay kind of pipes up and he's like, this fat bastard's always, you know. And, and what's interesting is Jay, Jay seems accustomed to these, you know, knowledge bombs. And, and, but, and, and he, he kind of almost, it's interesting. He tries to shut him up. Yeah, he seems disgusted by it. You think because he never says anything, it'll have some huge impact when he does open his fucking mouth. Well, what's interesting is maybe he realizes, you know, maybe when Silent Bob's not around Jay or or not around Holden, he's unbelievably uh, gregarious. It's just that when he gets around Jay, he's so he either doesn't feel any empathy or compassion for Jay that he doesn't want to share. <laughs> Or he's all the things are just unrelatable, and maybe that's why Jay's mad. He's like, you know, this guy opens his mouth, but he never really, he never really says anything of any consequence. It's, it, it's a pretty nasty thing to say to a guy who re- actually hardly ever speaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the problem is Jay talks so much that you don't get to talk when you're around him because he doesn't shut the hell up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't take. He doesn't take this seriously, I'll say that. And it's right. too bad, because it's the entire crux of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of sucks. But at least, at least you know, it, it goes to show you there's, uh, that's, you know, Silent Bob just still has adversary, adver- you know, a- a- adversity, and, and he has to break through, which he does. He's like, why don't you shut the fuck up, will you? <laughs> yap, yap, yap. You know, and so he really pushes back here, which is very, very interesting. And it, and it, it got me thinking, what is with all the sort of homoerotic tension between men in this movie? <laughs> like, I, I understand with, 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 you know, Holden and, you know, uh, Banksy, that's there. But I, I guess between Jay and Silent Bob, it almost seems like it, 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 it pops up for a moment here. They're bickering like well, a couple. Just- they do call themselves hetero life mates, so they are kind of a couple. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. We completely lose Jeff. No, I just every time I go to speak, it's like a thirty-second delay. <laughs> oh no! I just figure you're you're like you're like Silent Bob. I'm just I'm taking it all in. I'm taking it all in. Uh, so he says that he what Jay doesn't know about him, he could just about squeeze into the Grand Canyon. Do you think that Silent Bob has a very full, rich life outside of Jay? In the movies, every time we see them, they're together. Right. Right. I, you uh, know, that's confusing to me. Um, I, I, I mean, if he had this complete relationship with Amy and Jay had no idea and, and he was in love with her and, it, you know, he clearly must have spent a lot of time, I'm assuming, with her. You think that they must spend a lot of time, they must spend a, a lot of time apart for that to, um, you know, for that to transpire. Jay even says, what, did you live in Canada or something? Why don't I don't know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he would have seen it somehow. <laughs> but Jay will also remark in a few minutes when they leave that he's so tired of hearing this story. Oh. Mm. So it, it's possible that Jay, the huge stoner, doesn't quite remember everything that's said. <laughs> well, well that happens. true. Yeah. Huh. 
Or, or he's not listening, which is also possible. Well, I don't know. It's very interesting that the protagonist does not take the advice. And Again. He, he loses <laughs> from it. By the end of this movie, you're sick of people giving him advice. You're like, don't tell him nothing. Fuck you. <laughs> Let him figure it out by himself, fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, That's Chris. <laughs> Chris has developed quite a hatred for Holden over the course of this movie. I sure have. He's well, he does. A- well, yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, well, but he doesn't take anybody's advice, and he does figure it out by himself, and he messes it up. And he still messes it up. But I mean, everybody's trying to give him advice. Everybody's trying to help this fucking guy, and he doesn't listen to anyone. <laughs> well, so why do you think this menage a trois was, was his... I mean, why, why didn't this go down then? I mean, Banky is like... Like, did Banky want to do... Like, was he excited to hear it? Because you, you don't believe a word out of his mouth now at this point. He's so right. butthurt by everything, and he's jealous, and he's upset, and then now he has to confront his... Uh, potentially his, his homosexuality, which is... it's I don't know. It's it, it, like you get the, the idea that it just dawns on him. <laughs> when you know after he gets kissed he's like oh i guess that's his you know that is what it is i it, it's a little clunky you know uh or very clunky but you just that's what i want to know what what it baggy goes back to his bedroom and you're like so and and what does he start dating men does he pine for holden what happens uh i mean in the world of this movie if you stay tuned for about two movies you kind of find out what happens to him sure sure but, my, well, I mean, we'll get to that scene later, but, like, that, that whole scene reminds me of somebody who has totally misread everything that's happened up to that point. Mm. It's like you're having financial problems at home, and then you go up to your wife, and you're like, I've got it. I have this loose in all our problems. I bought 5,000 scratch-off lottery tickets. <laughs> you're like, no, you I did the exact wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I took all our money and bought these magic beans. We're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Investing in our future. <laughs> so what did you say? Oh, what you don't know about me uh, squeezing the Grand Canyon. Did you know I always wanted to be a dancer in Vegas? <laughs> uh, you know, the oddest part about that, not that he wanted to be a dancer, but that he wanted to be a dancer in Vegas. I always felt uh, Silent Bob was more of a Broadway man. Oh, you think more Broadway? I don't know. He does a nice <laughs> hand gesture there at the end. So. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Well, and also, uh, what it, what's interesting is it highlights, this, again, the tension between the two males here. These guys come down, like, out of the blue. You know, they're, they're almost, you know, I mean, Silent Bob is heaven sent, right? He's coming to solve all of the problem. Like, actually, here's how you fix this. It's almost, it's almost like a, a, you know, like a Greek play or something. He appears, he comes down from heaven, you know, he's like, hey, here's what's up. And... Uh, again, what, what's interesting is that they ultimately it's moot, doesn't doesn't matter, but it does highlight the tension between him and uh, and Jay, which is in this little scene here, which I which I I don't know, it's very interesting that they choose to do that. They're just bickering and bickering. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, in the next movie, he's literally heaven sent because <laughs> they're both prophets. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I have a um print out here like of the script part and it says does a gesture with his hands a reference to a move by the exotic dancers in showgirls that's what it says <laughs> oh my god really that that's a callback to showgirls uh, uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that, bad that's a great move though that's a great <laughs> move he like there's no question in my mind that he could have been a dancer in vegas i don't have a problem with that 
Just by the hand gesture, huh? <laughs> well, he just, you know what, he owns it. He owns it. He does own it. Yeah, he owns it. it. It's just like he's the type of guy, he showed up and you might be like, you know what? This is the type of person that we want. He, 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 you know, he's he's going to put in the extra hours to learn. He even popped <laughs> a cigarette in his mouth before he did it. He didn't mess yeah. his hands up with a cigarette or anything. Right, right, right. You're like, you know, he might not have all the moves, but, you know, this is the sort of passion. Like, we, we can mold this guy into what we need. <laughs> he can feel it in him. Yeah. So he's like, he's basically, he's Chris Farley in the Chippendale sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's got all the moves, you just don't quite have the body type we're looking for. <laughs> he's not the best, but he wants it the most. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, heart goes a long way. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! How I wish that there were more 